too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You recording? We on. We recording. All right. Let's pray. Lord, thanks for this evening uh, as we wind down from our long day. As we gather around uh, things too wonderful and marvelous for us probably to fully comprehend, we do ask for your grace to lead us into all truth, that your spirit would press us into more of your word, and that we could relish what you have for us through obedience and joy. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, all right, friends. So, so Sunday was about the resurrection of the body and the good news of the resurrection of the body. And uh, really the, the, the big idea of the proclamation was we are not souls trapped in bodies. The good news isn't that someday you get to discard the physical for the spiritual. But rather, um, in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 35 and following, when Paul uses the word spiritual, he's not talking about what a body is made out of. He's talking about what animates a body. So, uh, and this actually, I think this is one of the things that hit the cutting room floor. When Paul talks about the flesh and the spirit, he's not primarily talking about um, like dirty bodies and spiritual, wonderful Jesus tinglies on the inside. What he's talking about is flesh is, and I learned this definition from Dallas Willard uh, 10 years ago, and it makes more sense now than it did when I learned it. But he defines flesh as in your, your natural human ability apart from God. And that's very much uh, very similar to how Paul's using the word physical here. He's saying physical is our, our, our bodies animated by earth, earthly, earthy, uh, and, and some of the synonyms he uses. He talks about how they're perishable, they're decaying, etc. So spiritual is what animates a body. And the hope that Paul explicates here in this text is that we will receive new bodies and the new creation and uh, new heavens and the new earth. And those bodies will be spiritual meaning not meaning they'll be immaterial we're not going to be floating on clouds playing harps that's played that's platonic dualism not uh jesus-centered christianity uh, but we will be given new bodies that have some continuity with our old bodies right so people could recognize jesus when he rose from the dead they could see his scars um but it's a little different too took a while to recognize jesus sometimes and he would just show up in places, even when the doors were locked. Right? So, so there's continuity and discontinuity of these bodies. We don't know much about them other than they are heavenly bodies. This is good news today because we live part of the, part of the way that sin and death reigns is that we live distanced from our bodies. We live feeling, we feel trapped. We feel like our bodies are dirty or wrong or bad. There's tons of shame. Enough shame to go around, I'm sure. And so the good news is we can begin to be at home in our bodies today, uh, participating with the Spirit of God today, animated by His Spirit today, as we prepare ourselves for new creation. So we can actually live 
into new creation today as we are animated by, moved by, motivated by the Holy Spirit. That's what it means to be spiritual. That's it. Don't know if there's any thoughts or questions about that from Sunday or things that you've been thinking about that you want to jump in with. So I'm going to give some space for that. I'll, I'll say that uh, I agree that learning, and I, I first heard that from Willard as well, that the flesh doesn't have to do with physical stuff of my body, but it has to do with what, what, what we can do apart from God. Uh, that was pretty big for me as well. Yes. Made me go back and read tons of stuff in Romans in a new way. Yes. Uh, as well, you know, Galatians has some flesh and spirit stuff. Uh, in it as well so yeah I don't know it, it was just a, it was a big uh, it was a big revelation <laughs> to realize what he's talking about good cool yeah I feel like um, even for like most of the series I feel like for the first time I don't know. I think my Kairos has just been like, what can I unlearn that I had just like repressed instead of like, I don't know. Like, I think I just took everything that I had grown up knowing. It was like, okay, this stuff isn't right. Let's not believe that, <laughs> but it didn't replace it. <laughs> so, um, I have a toddler running around up there. So if she screams, sorry. Um, so I think for the first time it's, I finally have some good news to replace all of the stuff that I didn't know what to do with. Yeah. So I think that's been like a major thing for me, this series. I think this Sunday in particular speaks to like a lot of the Kairoses I've had in the last few months. Um, just about, I mean, going back to what we had talked about on a separate um, call about, you know, men and women together um in relationships and i think too like speaking specifically to the body like i think so many times like we're taught like in church whether uh, out loud or like reading between the the lines of you know you as a woman are the, the temptress like you're the one who's responsible for like making sure that you handle your sexuality the right way. Yes. And so I think like being able to hear the good news that like my body isn't something to like be on watch and like alert mm -hmm. at all times and whatever other thing that you would do to make sure that you're like staying pure or staying in the good, yes. good graces with other people. Like my body isn't something to like, my body is this sinful object to be aware of and then try to participate yes. in with God. But it's something that is, I don't know, just the redeemed stuff that you're saying. Like, I feel like it's just changing my paradigm a little bit. Oh. Like what that means and doesn't mean. And yeah. That's <laughs> awesome, Mallory. So <laughs> I was going to ask you what were some of the things you're unlearning, but what I heard you say is, the message I got about my body 
was that it was this vessel of temptation that I had to manage. Yeah. And like, like, uh, it's your responsibility, Mallory. Yes. To make sure your body doesn't give opportunity for other people to sin. Yeah. And I think too, like, you know, that speaks to myself. And so if that's true about me, that must be true about other women and other like relationships. And it's like, okay, like, be on guard at all times. And when it's possible to like have Jesus relationship, go for it. But it isn't always possible. So make sure you know, <laughs> you're always aware. So you know that difference. <laughs> uh, so, so. No, no, I, you're, you're right. I hear that narrative all the time. And um, it's huge. Uh, it's huge. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think too for the first time, like being in a space where like you can like unlearn it but replace it, like that's a big mm. a big deal. Like and I I think even too like my children are going nuts. Um even too like I kinda lost my train of thought, but I think like knowing in other contexts, like I know that those things aren't true and aren't right even though I'm kind of being like fed that too yes. like, I, I can understand like that my eye can wrestle with that and like something about this may be right something about is not right um but to be able to be in a space where it's like okay I know this isn't right now what mm. I've never had the now what <laughs> so um you just have like stop treating your body like that that's wrong yeah rather than like a positive vision to live into yeah yeah or like a place where you can like like what does that mean like i have no imagination for that like what does that mean so yes yeah like having a place where you don't have to like have it figured out but there is a hopeful now what that's so good to hear (laughs) that's that's really great that's really really great so, um, you guys, <laughs> you created the space. <laughs> oh, hey, that's awesome. I mean, that's one of the hopes that I that we had in creating spaces like this is that people could reckon with these things, right? Yeah. Not that we could just talk about some esoteric, simple, you know, old old documents. Yeah, I think too. Like, there's the like I didn't really like everything in Revelation was futuristic, right? Like none of this actually pertains to us so i've never heard never heard it proclaim like this is the hope for tomorrow and this is the hope for now it's like here's for mm. here's for tomorrow like hold down the fort while you can right 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 <laughs> my yeah are you facilitating snack or what's going on Thanks, Ben. I just texted you if you would ask to do that. Um, yeah. Uh, yes, Mallory. Um, man, I, that's all I want to talk about now. Yeah. Well, there's um, a lot there. So. <laughs> there's a lot there. There's a lot there. Uh, ben, I don't know if you have any thoughts about what Mallory uh, just shared. I feel like I could, I could just go on and on about it. Um, but no, I think you've you've named one of the ways that women live hating their bodies. 
Yeah. They've been, they've been taught that hating their bodies is holy. Right. I, and I think it's, well, not to like cut you off. Sorry. It's, it's no, like a, go ahead. a passive way of hating. Like we're used to like, I'm not skinny enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not whatever. Like media tells us that, but like to be in church and to say like, no, like spiritually there's a big flaw in you because you cause X. You know what I mean? Like, mm. we're all, every teenager will tell you, like, boy or girl, like, there's physical things wrong with me. I'm very aware. Media will tell me that. But, like, to think that you're, like, flawed in your being, like, ooh. <laughs> yes. Right. Not, not just that, like, you've got too much acne, but, like, yeah. even the, like, even if you did manage to get pretty enough, there would still be a problem in that you're too pretty. Right. Now, now you're causing people to stumble because you're so pretty and skinny and beautiful. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. To catch 22. Totally. You know, you get, you get shamed for being ugly and you get shamed for being pretty. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> Jeez. Sorry. I totally like to took off your. Train. No, it's, it's yeah. great. Like, 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 um, I mean, I'm, I'm really keen on figuring out how to create a livable, flourishing ethic of sex, sexuality, and our bodies. Um, that's thoroughly Christian. Right. Right? Because what you're, what you're describing, Mallory, isn't an outlier. Like you're not describing an outlier or like, oh, wow, they must have really got things jacked up down there in Louisiana. No, like, or Arkansas or wherever. No, like, like your church was like running the playbook. Yeah. Like they were doing the quote right thing. Totally. Right. Um, you know, just this last week, uh, the guy who wrote I Kissed Dating Goodbye, Josh Harris. Did you ever know about that book or see that book, Mallory? Oh yeah, we all were like that was that was in the curriculum. Yeah, do you do you know that he put out a statement in the last week publicly repudiating and <laughs> repenting of having written that book? Yeah, I actually I read it because you like shared it or liked it on Facebook yeah. or Twitter or wherever it was. Isn't that yeah. crazy? Yeah, it I feel like How yeah. did you feel when you read that? I just think it was finally like a Okay, like, there's like a, there's two sides of it. There's like a, oh, me trying so hard to like live into this expectation. Like, oh man, but I was trying. I thought I was doing a okay job. And then there's also like this liberation of like, God, finally. I don't have to like carry this load anymore. Like, yes, yes there's an imagination outside of just like, don't do this. Here's all the boundaries. So. Yes. Totally. Yes. Well, and I think, I mean, it's a little different than what you're talking about, but it's certainly connected, right? Like oh. that narrative fits right in with your body's the problem. Yeah. Get it under control, ladies. Totally. Right. It's hard to kiss dating goodbye when you're wearing a tube top. <laughs> Those kinds of things. <laughs> yeah. Oh, great. So here's, yeah. So anyway, I'm keen on developing like a, a really um, robust uh, ethic uh, but you know I feel like resources for that are few and far between I've got a couple 
books that I'm eyeing, but like, man, um, we, you know, sin plays in 10,000 places and, uh, in our sexuality and our bodies, it's, it really is, it's pretty, it's pretty, uh, apparent, right? Um, yeah. You know, the, the other thing, too, just to hold, I mean, it's hard to hold these intention, and I don't know if I did a great job of it Sunday, is that th- there is something decaying and perishable about our bodies, right? So our, our physical bodies, the way Paul used that, which I think the better word for that is earthly, our earthly bodies, like, it, they, are, they are subject to decay and death, right? Um, there, there is belly fat that I'm just never going to lose. I'm pretty sure. It's just there to stay. It's my little bagel. You know, in case I need a... Anyway, so like there, there is that kind of stuff. But then there's also the stuff you're talking about where it's like, um, I need to learn to relate to my body differently because to be embodied is to be human. Other thoughts from Sunday? Or about what uh, Mallory's chatting about? Uh, one of the interesting things that uh, the thing about teaching a class is you get to answer your own questions sometimes. Uh, one of the interesting things that I found out and uh, I highly recommend like highly recommend the Bible Project podcast Um, it is done by two guys who do the Bible Project videos which I show to my kids sometimes we do that like once a week for um, morning kind of family devotion time but they have a whole series on the soul and the Hebrew word for the soul, which is nephesh, that I listened to to prepare this message. And um, I've listened to a couple other of their podcasts, and they are just dynamite. They do such a great job of bringing really thick, good biblical research down to, like, the bottom shelf so we can all grab it. Um, so, anyway, it's enjoyable to listen to. They're, they're good guys. They're funny. But um, one of the things that I was thinking about as I prepared for this sermon was that the word nephesh, which is translated soul uh, in, in the old Testament, the old, the Hebrew understanding of soul is not our understanding of soul. Like our understanding of soul is like that immaterial part of us that science can't locate, you know, that goes to be with God when we die. Hebrew, the Hebrew understanding of soul is um, better translated the essence or core of our being. So sometimes nephesh is translated existence or life. Sometimes it's translated as throat or neck. Think about that. So like there's you know, this is an important part of our body because it transfers oxygen 
and water and food into our bodies. And so um, it's like the it's like the uh, the pathway of life, you know, in some way. And so throat or neck becomes a I forget it's like synecdoche. Is that the right word? I forget. It becomes like this word that's used to describe something else. So when we say, um, um, what a gut punch, like we're describing something that like took the air out of us or like really hurt us. They talk about neck or throat to describe the core or essence of being. So what's, what's interesting about it is that, um, there was no distinction between a person's body and their nefesh. In fact, sometimes the word nefesh is used in place of the word body. So when I, when I mentioned that phrase in my message this week, that we aren't bodies with a soul, but we are souls. Like we are embodied souls. Um, this is part of the Hebrew understanding and worldview of souls. So that kind of changes things, right? It changes what it means for our soul to be with God. It's not this spirit. It's not a ghost. Not a spook. But it's a. Uh, it's our core of our being, which is tied, which is inextricably tied in the Hebrew mind to the body. And only then gets separated from the body by Greek metaphysics, Greek philosophy, Plato. And then we inherit that. And then we just read it. We just, we just use those glasses to read the scriptures with. Um, yeah. I thought that was interesting. <laughs> the Hebrew mindset is just so different. Uh, it's interesting to see how their language works to learn from them how they how they saw the world how they conceive the things yeah there's also a really 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 speculative esoteric thing in this text we could talk about like it's pretty trippy, and I don't know enough about it yet to even teach on it. But I've just heard about it. It has to do with aliens. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's part of the Bible code. Everybody, get out your decoder rings. Um, no, so there's this. Um, there's another podcast called the Naked Bible Podcast. And it's by a guy named Michael Heisler, um, who works for um, Logos Software, and he's a he's a Bible scholar. And um, he has this whole theology called the Divine Council theology, um, or the Divine Council understanding of of reading the Old Testament. And he gets it from Deuteronomy thirty two, Deuteronomy four, and other places in the Old Testament. But it's basically this. Hebrews weren't polytheists. They, they were a monotheistic culture. They believed in one God. But there's all these places in the Hebrew scriptures 
where God is talking to his divine counsel. Right? The angels. Right? Um, and it's uh, in, in the Hebrew scriptures, the Hebrews, uh, there's this theory, his theory, and, uh, you know, it's, um, again, it's speculative. Um, but his theory is that the Hebrews um, saw these gods of their world, gods that were animal gods and celestial gods. And they, they um, basically saw those as God's divine counsel. Like the, the pagans consider them gods and they're not gods. The God's divine counsel is in charge of them. Uh, and so then you have divine council members that are in accordance with God, you know, angels. And then you've got divine council members that revolted which are demons, right? Um, and so this is part of, you see this in like Genesis 6, right? Where the Nephilim intermarry with human women and they have like, you know, babies. Remember this part? Weird part. I guess those, those are, uh, you know, so there's this reading, a Hebrew understanding of how that works. That anyway. So uh, one of the things you notice here in 1 Corinthians 15 is that um, God gives, uh, uh, not all flesh is alike, verse 39. There is one flesh for human beings, another for animals, another for birds, and another for fish. They're both heavenly bodies and earthly bodies. But the glory of the heavenly is one thing and the glory of the earthly is another there is one glory of the sun another glory of the moon and another glory of the stars indeed star differs from star in glory so we hear that and we just think okay he's just saying that basically physical stuff is made of different kinds of flesh um but this this reading is actually interesting he's saying that paul is drawing upon this divine council understanding of how the the cosmos works um, and he's basically saying that all of these, uh, rival small G gods in charge of sun, moon, stars, like sun, moon, and stars, there were no ancient cultures that didn't consider those things gods, right? We just know this, right? So like when we hear about sun, moon, and stars in scripture, uh, they're, they're, people associate them with divine things, celestial things. Um, What's interesting, though, is that Paul says that these heavenly bodies, which no one would have, uh, no one would have demurred about, no one would have argued about, of course they are. He's actually saying that we're going to get heavenly bodies too. Humans are. So this divine counsel understanding actually changes a little bit what Paul's talking about when he says we're getting heavenly bodies. It's not just that we get to uh, eat food and not get fat and walk through walls. There's, there's some hint or suggestion here that in the new creation, we will be the rulers displacing these fallen demons that run the cosmos now. Right? These, uh, we will have the authority that uh, part of the divine council couldn't handle. 
It's just interesting. And it's uh, the reason why they're saying this is because it's the same, it's the exact same language from Deuteronomy 32 and 4, where he's talking about idolatry of these other gods. So that brings a little more, uh, like what's going to be happening in the new creation. Like we're going to take on the bodies. We're not becoming gods, but we're taking on the, we're taking on the divinely manifested physical, spiritual bodies that have been reserved for like this stuff. Now, again, this is like, I, you know, I don't know. I haven't studied this very much. Uh, and I knew if I preached a sermon on that on Sunday, I might get kicked out of the church. But I just thought it was interesting. Just thought it was super interesting. And again, you know, when when Paul launches into a list like animals, birds, fish, sun, moon, stars, it's he's not just naming things, but he's pulling in a concept. He's pull, he's riffing on something. You know what I mean? He's um he's riffing on a a whole world of meaning in shorthand. He's drawing a whole world of understanding by just using a few words that people are like, oh okay. I get it. I get it. So I don't know if you guys have thoughts about that. You ever heard that before? Does this sound weird? Crazy. I, I mean, it's it. I think to our West Western ears, it does sound crazy. Um, but I think one of the things, uh, I think one of the things that's reading. I'm, I'm a big sci-fi uh, buff. I, I love sci-fi stories, fantasy mm-hmm. stories. And I think one of the things that reading that kind of stuff has given me is a little less Western, modern Western arrogance about how I think about ancient peoples. You know what I mean? Like we have a tendency to look back and say, you know, like lame, like mm-hmm. they didn't understand how the world works. You know, now we get it. Now but we get like it. Just, just doing the exercise of kind of thinking about, well, what if, you know, like what if reality was like this? And what if there was this whole you know, interdimensional thing that we can't see right now, we can't perceive, but it's always been there. Like, it just gives you more, I think it gives me more like, who knows, maybe they had it brighter than we do. And there are these, you know, powers that we just don't know what to account for and or don't know how to account for them. And, yeah. you know, maybe, maybe history will prove that we were the, we were kind of the idiots who thought we knew more than the other cultures of the world. So. You missed the highly speculative part, Spencer. <laughs> he was saying the uh, the Hyperion series uh, relates to the Book of Revelation. If you read it backwards, carry it backwards though. Yeah. So. And and Spanish. Oh yeah, that was part of it too. You translate it as you go, just like you translated <laughs> the Greek on Sunday into the message. That was wonderful. <laughs> By the way, I hadn't read this text in the message. So when I heard it, when I heard you read it, Spencer, I was like, man, he does a great job with that. He does a great job with that. He's awesome. 
Yeah. Well, other thoughts, guys? Um, there are parts that are definitely helpful. Um, not that um, I haven't heard some of it before, but uh, just, you know, uh, it lives in my mind and my bones still that how we talk about spiritual versus physical and how we're talking about the spirit animating um, and like earthly spiritual. Um, that's helpful. Um, uh, uh, yeah, because it's still, when I still think of like spiritual, I still think of like, you know, Plato's version. Um, yeah, me too. Most of the yeah. time. So, so that's good. And, uh, and also just continuing to try and wrap around a more um, sacramental way of thinking about things with how stuff matters and how like the spiritual and the physical are like overlapping um, is. is Helpful. Yes. It's interesting you connect that to sacrament, sacramentalism, sacramentology, sacrament. Um, uh, because, Ryan, I think that's one of my deep intuitions that, sac that the sacraments give me access to a paradigm that is lost on me. You know, I'm such a, I'm such a, uh, like, Epicurean sort of like, ah, it's bread. That's wine. Like you put it in a microscope, we can completely understand everything about it. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I think that it's not, there isn't enough uh, there isn't enough like eyes to see in that for me. And I think what you just named helped me kind of talk about that in a different way. Like it just it just looks physical, right? Just like uh, something that's animated by the spirit might just just look physical, but it's not. Yeah, yeah. I I I mean I didn't have time to do this Sunday, but I mean I to me I wanted I want to figure out the implications of that. Mallory was talking about one of the implications, which is it's time we stop hating our bodies. It's really time we stop hating them. <laughs> Um, and she just testified to like, particularly women have, uh, have carried the water in the church, hating their body for themselves and for men. And that's, we might be, we might, we might just say enough of that. But I'm wondering like, what are the other implications of this? You know, and I feel like I'm at the edge of my imagination for that. Hmm. Yeah, I think for me, part of it is uh, a greater openness to the Spirit and what that could mean or look like, like the Holy Spirit. Like, what's it mean that the Holy Spirit is with us? And, and what's, you know, what do we expect to happen with the Spirit? I, yeah. I was good at, like, you know, science and physics and stuff back in the day. And so I, it's really easy for me to just think of, like, matter and, 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 and not think about things like miracles as possibilities and so um so that type of i guess you could say sacramental way of looking at things um of matter and spirit um and not understanding that or what that looks like or what can happen with all that um it's helpful to think in those directions yes yes
Yeah, we talked a little bit about miracles in our Table 101 class. I remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, because our friend Richard had a different understanding of miracles. And he shared that about his car turning around in the middle of the air. Do you remember, were you there for that? Anybody remember that? Yeah. That was trippy. And that was the last time we saw Richard. It was great. He dropped, he dropped the trippy miracle on us and then was like, I'm out. Uh, so, Richard, if you're listening, come back. We want to hear more about the uh, trippy miracle. Um, no, but I, I uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, what does it mean? What does it mean if, um, if the, if the spiritual and the physical aren't separated, but if they interpenetrate, how does that change the way we think about miracles? Right. So it's not an interruption or zap or breaking of the laws, so to speak, but maybe it's something different. Maybe there's another language there's another conceptual world that would help us be able to describe it more faithfully. Mm. And that, you know, I just don't know what it is. You know, I, I mentioned this on Sunday. I alluded to it, but have you, Brandon, have you seen the movie Arrival? It's got, uh, what's her face in it? What's her name? Um, Stormy Daniels. What's her name? Oh, it's yeah. not Stormy Daniels. <laughs> That's contact. <laughs> Amy oh, yes, Daniels. I have seen it. Yeah, okay, right, where she's this uh, language researcher. She learns a new language. I mean, that's kind of what we're describing here, right? Like, and the, the beauty of that movie, everybody's seen it? Spencer, I'm, I don't want to ruin the movie for people who are listening. Uh, but the beauty of that, that movie is that it helps you understand that lang- language changes what you can perceive and how you think and opens up things for you that are completely not accessible to you before. Yeah. Uh, that's part of what we're talking about here, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Other thoughts, friends? talking about hell this Sunday so invite all your neighbors invite your extended family and your neighbors uh, uh, no we uh, we're gonna talk about um, about hell and what we can know about it and what we can't and all that so uh, should be good uh, think about it pray pray for my Pray for me for my laptop. It, it blew out, zonked out today. Yes, last night. So I just try to fix that. And uh, yeah, we'll see you guys next Tuesday for another riveting class on new creation. Hell edition. Hell. <laughs> It'll be almost Bye, as good as the judgment one. Bye, girls. Bye, Bye girls. I can't. You can't see you. No, they can hear you. I, I unmuted it. Oh. You can say bye. Bye, girls. Bye. <laughs> see you guys. Bye. Bye.